If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Ariane Nyhouse. Ariane's a coach, coach educator. She's got a background in dressage and show jumping and now fits focusing on dressage. In particular today, I'd like to ask her about rider's position from a physiotherapist's point of view. How are you, Ariane? Yes, hello. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Now, we normally start off with a favourite quote, something that's inspired you or something that you might teach and you find yourself repeating quite a lot. What have you got for us? Oh, I don't really um, citate quotes of people, but I always say to the people, horse riding is the art of doing as little as possible. You know, what I sometimes say to the people, but a lot of people want to overdo the riding and do not let the horse be on their own legs. So I I guess I say a fair bit to the people. Mm, Something else. That's good. Yeah, I think dressage, you know, particularly a dressage rider, you know, if they can sit still and look like they're not doing anything, yep. then they're really doing a great job. Correct. When yeah. they're not uh, not working against the horse. Mm-hmm. Now, can you tell us a bit about how you started with horses and what your first memories were? Oh, my first memories. I was very lucky as a young child. I think I was about six that uh, we got given a pony. And um, I just was in love with horses and riding. And even if the horse took off, I was just laughing and, you know, yay, this is fun, this is fun. And that was my first memory. And I can still remember that my horse took off and I was laughing so hard. I could not even see where I was going. And just, yeah, we had a ball when we were young. So we were very, very blessed to have ponies. Yeah, that's great. That's really good. And from there, how did you progress through? Because you've done quite a lot. You know, you've sort of ridden at a high level You with dressage and jumping. How did you go from your first pony through to riding at that higher level? Well, I don't know. In, in Holland, where I grew up, it's like everybody goes into either dressage and jumping. You know, you look at people and you think, oh, that looks good. And you want to do that too. And you start taking lessons and the more you know about it, the more you start enjoying it and you start feeling how the horse changes underneath you and you can all of a sudden do things that you could never do before. And yeah, that is how I got into it. And when I was younger, I was pretending I was the Grand Prix rider and I wasn't, of course, but, you know, and I guess that is how I progressed into dressage and back then also also jumping. You just wanted to become better. Do you think it was the role models that you had and just that natural progression because you had lessons, you had role models around you and you just kept chipping away at it, getting better and better all the time, being persistent? Well, you have to be persistent in in dressage. But, yeah, no, I I was very lucky. In Holland, you've got so many good riders. 
and you watch the television, you know, uh, back then it was John Wiedecker with Milton. You go, oh, wow, you know. Well, Anki, of course, back then. Yeah, all those writers, you just you just want to become them. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, because you didn't have a career with horses, first of all, did you? You went off and became a physiotherapist. Did you stay with horses the whole time when you were studying to become a physiotherapist? No, I had I have had a little bit of a break. I've always been in horses, and I really wanted to be in horses. But I also realized that if you're not super good, that you you do need a fallback. And um, I just wanted to be not always that poor girl that hasn't got any money or, you know, you can't do anything. So I said, okay, listen, I want to study something. I wanted to first become a vet and in Holland, you have to, it's like a lottery to get in. So I didn't get picked to do veterinary science. So I did physiotherapy with the eye on doing horse physiotherapy. In the end, I decided not to go ahead with the horse physiotherapy. Yeah, so that is why I, I chose to do another uni. Now, when I was at uni, I was also dancing a lot. So I actually had a couple of years break. My horses actually got sold at the time, so I didn't really have anything to ride. And I always regretted it. I never really wanted to sell the horses, so I got back into it as soon as I could again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you regretted selling the horses at the time and then got back in and just didn't get the same horses back? You. No, no, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if someone wants to have a career in horses, what core skills or character traits do you think that they need? Hardworking. Okay. I find a lot of people that want to go on horses, you have to be real horse-minded because otherwise the work is just too hard. It's seven days a week in general, 365 days a year pretty much. So if you're not keen on horses and you're not hardworking, you're not really going to make it. Mm -hmm. So they've got to be hardworking and you said a real horse person. So they've got to be passionate about the industry and really want to do it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, you talked about John Whittaker and Anki, you know, being role models. Who do you think's influenced you and helped you in your career? Uh, my horse career, I think my biggest influence would have probably be my coach, mm-hmm. Wilhelmine Blanken. She really got me from a basic level to a higher level and more understanding about dressage. Yeah, so she was really my my inspiration uh, and my fallback in knowledge. And I still, if I've got a question, I still call her up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and of course the coach that I had here later, Christian T, which was not always an easy person, but he really taught me a lot. Yeah, so I think those for me were, yeah, the biggest influences in my in my career, I guess. Mhm, mhm. What about horses? Because you talked you talked about your first pony and about how much you, you loved your pony and and loved the riding and learnt so much. Is there any other, have you had any other particular horse that has influenced you and helped you in your career? Actually, I'm a pony. Well, you you ride ponies in Holland until you're about 18. Like, it's very difficult. You you go on a horse when you're, like, big enough to ride a horse. Mm. So in Holland, you ride basically ponies until you're 18, and then you normally transfer to the horses. 
So I had a pony called Hardim, which I learned so much. Um, I was back then the highest level dressage and jumping with that pony. We had such a bond together. It was really good. Somebody else would come in his paddock and he would just jump out of the paddock. See you later. I'm out of here. <laughs> and he always came to me. Um, I could jump him bareback with a, with a halter, you know, jump jump a one meter twenty course or something, and then somebody else comes and he doesn't want to jump fifty centimeters. You know, we just had such a special bond, and that was really really heartwarming for me. That horse, and of course another one that I had here, Orlando, that was a special horse for me. Um, I've had him fifteen and a half years. That horse didn't have the natural ability, but he did it for me. Mm-hmm. And that was very, very special. He liked to 100%. And it's, it's very, very, very special. If, if a horse, especially when they don't have it naturally, they get there because of their trainability. Mm-hmm. And that was a very special one for me as well. Good, good. Now, is there a moment that you can be out with, with either horse or, you know, something else in particular that you could say has been your proudest moment with horses? The proudest moment of being with horses, mm. an, an event, uh, is that what you mean? Yes, yes. Um, no, not one, not one event, really. I'm more proud of just the journey that we've done more than winning a championship or like, I wish I won an Olympic horse, then I would have said, yeah, Olympics, but <laughs> <laughs> that is not the case. But I just enjoy, I really just enjoy the whole journey that I took, that I broke, broke for example, and I broke him in, and the whole journey to the Grand Prix, um, that is the proudest moment for me, the whole journey, mm-hmm. not not the one event. Yep, yep, yep. So with all that, it's great having a journey. Has there been a part of your journey then that's been a big challenge? And, and if it has been, how did you get over it? How did you overcome it? Because, you know, we're going to have listeners that it would have a challenge like that. So they, they don't just want to know about the challenge. They want to know how they can overcome it if they come across that as well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've had so many challenges. And Sometimes, there have been times I just cried and just went like, oh, I can never do this. This is just never going to work. And, you know, and bang, time after, all of a sudden, it clicks and you go, I've got it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a big smile on your face. So basically, it's just keep going, keep trying, relax, breathe, keep going, and keep trying again. And, and you will get it. And sometimes you pull your hair out or you cry or even you can get cranky, then you're better off putting the horse away. Um, but if you keep calm and you keep trying, you will get there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good advice, isn't it? Yeah. Now, what about, uh, and I'm going to ask you to put on your, your physiotherapist and instructor point of view, to talk about a common fault that you see with riders or trainers or handlers and, but how you can fix it as well, you know, and something along the lines of a physiotherapist, because we don't get many on the show, so that would be great if you could talk about that. <laughs> I find a lot, well, the core muscles are often the problem. I find some people try to, for example, sit too straight and they get too tight in the back. They don't stay supple in the lower back and in the hips. So that I find a problem. So you've got to really try to loosen them up a little bit. They get 
well, we call it in Holland upper cross syndrome, where the shoulders roll right forward and you get too tight in the pectoral muscles, your breast muscles, and too weak in the muscles between your shoulder blades, for example. So you've got to sort of try and train that a little bit so that the muscles that get too strong, you loosen them up. The muscles that get too weak, you try to strengthen them. Sometimes I can give them a training program to help them with that. And it's just similar with what we call it the, the lower crossing syndrome, where your, for example, your tummy muscles get too weak and the long back stretches get too tight. Mm-hmm. Um, the erector trunchy, but I don't, we are not, not saying that um, you know which ones they are, but you've got the long back, back muscles. Yep, yep. And they like to go too tight. So you've got to try to stretch them and get the right back muscles, multifidal muscles to work and your abdominal muscles to work all together and form your core. And sometimes you can give them a little bit of an exercise program to help with that. Okay. And so I see a lot of people that are not strong enough there start pulling with their arms because they're not actually sitting, keeping the core and can't give proper half hold. So what they do is just pull back with their arms and half hold is never going to come through. So they stay mm-hmm. often too high in their weight. They can't sit down into the saddle properly. So, yeah. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. So is there, yeah, I mean, you sort of talked about them stretching and I suppose basically putting them in the correct position. Are there particular exercises that we can talk about in an audio without actually demonstrating or what would you recommend if people think that they've got these problems? It's sort of hard if I can't demonstrate it. <laughs> I would just advise just, just looking it up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much on, on YouTube or ask a physio or physios or even trainers, personal trainers, they should be able to help you with that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is much easier. I don't know how to explain it without showing it. Yes, yes, it's a bit tricky. So personal trainers, you know, just to help people with their core and their body strength and their flexibility, you recommend that for riders, like as a complement to their training? Um, yeah, of course. I think it's, oh, I know I need to. I just have two children and I know what to do, but actually getting there and doing it sometimes are two different things. Yep. I really think it's very good. You, you want your horse to be an athlete. Mm-hmm. You have to be an athlete. Yes. So you have to be fit. You have to be strong. You have to be flexible enough as well. So I think getting fit, getting strong is a very important thing of riding. Mm-hmm. And your and your personal trainer can definitely help with that. Or going to begin normal. <laughs> All right. Now that's a person from a personal trainer, and, and that would complement the riding. Have you got a book that you could? recommend to our listeners that's also going to complement their training? Well, there's one book that is really good, um, but it's really quite sticky to read, and I think it's of Steinbrecht. It's a classical training book. I didn't find it easy to read. It was quite dry, but it was very correct, very classical, 
trade. So I think a book of any of the masters um, is good, like, you know, clean class, you know, they've got some stuff out there. You know, you can't beat those masters, you know, learn from them. Yep, yep. Okay, then. We'll see if we can find that book and put a link up on your link as well. Now, what are you looking forward to at the moment? If you've got riders coming on, horses coming on, what are you looking forward to in the future? Um, I've got a lovely um, young stallion that I'm hoping I can turn through the higher levels. So I'm really hoping to get back out there and work myself up through the levels again and hopefully go to the bigger competitions. Mm-hmm. And, well, hopefully from there on even to the bigger competitions, but we'll see. Now, I've got a couple of lovely young riders that have got potential, a couple of squat riders, which is nice. They have got potential, just keeping them calm and relaxed and keeping them that they keep the basics all the time, the value the basics, that's what I want to say, all the time when they're going up through the levels that is always a bit hard. But, yeah, no, that is exciting because I think at least at least one of them will go FBI, definitely. <laughs> Good. All right, now if you can think about your philosophy with horses, so your over, overall principles, and just summarise them into a couple of sentences, how would you do that? Know what you want with the horse, stay calm. So if you want to go and you want to get FBI or whatever, go for your goals, but never, ever compromise the horse. Because I can see sometimes that people get rough and I want to do this, so you have to do that. Compromise the horse. You, you, you learn as quick as the horse can. Okay? So you go as quickly as the horse can. Don't compromise, ever compromise your horse. I find that very important within the training. So that's, that is a bit my philosophy. You can only go as fast as your horse is allowing you to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Look, that's great. Now, Ariane, if people want to contact you, how can they do that? Oh, my mobile. 0400 All right. That's brilliant. And we'll put those contact details on your page, which will be on horsechats.com slash Ariane Nowhouse. All right. Wonderful talking to you this evening. I can sort of hear the, the crickets or something going on in the background there a bit. It's just that time of night, I think, when they just come out. Yeah, I'm sitting close to the river. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting yeah. close to the river, so um, a lot of cicadas or speakers yeah, out there. <laughs> yes, yep, yep. All right, look, it's been wonderful talking to you, and hopefully we'll catch up again with you sometime soon. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.